Exercise is a necessity for all of us adults. More and more research continues to strengthen the evidence that exercise is important to slow the aging process on the brain and slow the progression of neurodegenerative disorders. We can all benefit from exercise, not just our loved ones with Parkinson's disease, but us as well. Join me today on a Kloss Clinic discussing the importance of exercise. Hello, and welcome to the Parkinson's Disease Caring Podcast. This podcast is produced for care partners and caregivers of loved ones with Parkinson's disease. This show is brought to you by Dr. Kloss's new book, You're a Better Parkinson's Disease Caregiver Than You Think. Please visit pdcaring.com for more information. I believe there are three areas worth discussing in relationship to exercise as a care partner or a caregiver for a loved one with Parkinson's disease. So let's get started. The first area I would like to discuss is related to laying the foundation for a successful fitness program. This has to do with how both you and your loved one prepare for a lifetime of fitness. No matter what age you are, and no matter what age your loved one is with Parkinson's disease, it's not too late to start a fitness program. First and foremost, you and your loved one need to be evaluated by your primary care healthcare provider. You need to have a good physical exam. You may be eligible for a stress test or may need other uh, examination testing performed to assess your safety to begin an exercise program. Talk to your healthcare provider about the possibility of a bone density scan possibly for you or your loved one with Parkinson's disease to rule out osteoporosis and to assess the skeletal system for bone health. If you or your loved one have orthopedic problems or back issues, it may be necessary for you to receive a referral to a specialist to address these type of problems, and to find out what would be the safest and most effective exercise program that you or your loved one may be able to participate in. Next, before engaging in an exercise program, you and your loved one need to start with a stretching program. Now, I know we all hate to stretch. There's nothing particularly enjoyable about stretching our body. However, stretching is important to prevent injuries. And I see this all the time. I see this in people even in the age group of the 30s and 40s who dive into a fitness program. They do no stretching and preparation for this exercise program, and they are almost immediately sidelined with an injury. They can injure their muscles, their tendons, bursa, joints, and other parts of the body. Stretching is no fun. No one particularly enjoys it. But it doesn't take a long time to do. And it's important to do stretching before and after an exercise program. You don't need any special equipment. And you can go online and search stretching exercises. You can consult with a trainer at a gym 
or talk to a physical therapist to find out the proper techniques. It doesn't matter whether your fitness program will be just walking or running on a treadmill or some other program. You still need to pursue proper stretching before and after exercise. Don't ignore this and don't overlook this issue. I recently heard the story of one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time, John Wooden at UCLA. On the first day of practice, he would bring his players to the half court and would sit them down on the court. And the players would look up at the national championship banners hanging from previous seasons. But the first thing John Wooden would do with his players is he would ask his players to take off their socks and shoes. He would examine their feet. And then he would instruct them on the proper type of sock to wear, how to put the sock on properly, how to lace up the shoes correctly to try to prevent blisters, to protect the feet and ankles from injury. And he would teach them the right way to keep their legs and feet strong for the season to come. He was building a strong foundation for these players because he knew how stressful and how rigorous the practice and game schedule would be for the upcoming season. So we need to do the same thing for our exercise program. We need to look at what we're wearing in improper socks and shoes. We need to make sure we have the right equipment. We need to be sure that we are prepared to be successful in whatever exercise program we choose to pursue. So start with the fundamentals of your health. Get your physical exam and testing done first. Get medical clearance before you start your exercise program. Start with proper stretching and assess your equipment, starting down with the basics, your socks and shoes, to make sure that everything is properly prepared. Finally, an extra tip. Figure out your weekly schedule and how you're going to fit exercise into your schedule. The schedule, like any other appointment of the week, should have exercise as one of the most important items on your schedule. If you're still working, you may have to be creative in how you find time to schedule exercise. Some of you are retired, so you have more flexibility in your schedule. But if you just think, well, I'll be sure to exercise tomorrow, inevitably people get busy. And it's easy to forget, oh, I didn't get my exercise in today. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Let's treat exercise as just as important as going to a medical appointment on our weekly schedule. Now, for your own exercise program, you may have to find time to exercise when your loved one with Parkinson's disease is in a boxing class, for example. Or you might need someone to come over and be with your loved one so that you can break away and get your exercise routine in. Maybe you and your loved one can do the exercise together. But you have to plan this out and hold strong to your schedule. 
The second area that I want to discuss today on this Kloss Clinic is how exercise is important for you as the care partner or caregiver. This is not just about maintaining your strength in order to be more helpful to your loved one. This is about brain health. So first off, we have very good prospective medical studies that show that people who engage in middle-of-life exercise program significantly lower the risk of developing Parkinson's disease, cognitive decline, and dementia later in life. One study showed that simply just walking one mile a day reduces the risk of dementia by almost 50%. Many studies have looked at exercise and the aging process of brain structures. There are at least two important brain areas that will be larger in size and therefore a better function in people who exercise consistently. These two areas are the hippocampus and the basal ganglia. The hippocampus is important for memory and learning, and the basal ganglia important in regulating our movements and coordination, as well as some of the cognitive processes. Recently, there was an intriguing study. It was published in a leading medical journal in which healthy individuals underwent a very detailed MRI scan at the beginning of the study, and then the same scan was repeated one year later at the end of the study. The healthy volunteers were split into two groups. There was an exercise group and a sedentary group. The exercise group had to participate in aerobic exercise at a frequency of at least three times a week, these were very structured exercise programs developed for the purpose of the study, and they were carefully monitored by the study staff to make sure that proper effort was conducted, as well as consistency and exercise performed throughout the study. And at the end of the one year, the study found evidence of something called neurogenesis, growth of new brain cells in the area of the hippocampus, and they saw this only in the exercise group, and they found that it also correlated with improvement in cognitive testing at the one-year mark. In fact, studies now show that it only takes about six months of exercise to start showing an increase in brain volume on imaging. This is an important way to fight the atrophy or shrinkage process of the brain that we see with aging. Another study looked at brain leukoareosis. This is a process in which with aging, we develop in the deeper white matter structures of the brain damage that results in less density of brain tissue in these areas. This process can lead to slowing down of our physical movements, changes in our cognitive processing that occurs with age. This study looked at master athletes and compared 
them to an age-matched control group of sedentary people, and they found 83% less leukoariosis in the scans of the master athletes. Another important study worth mentioning is the Framingham Heart Study. This was initiated back in the 1940s, and they followed over 14,000 people from three generations to learn more about cardiovascular health and how it affects the rest of the body. We learned so much from this important study over the years, but one of the very interesting findings of this study was that people at the age of 40 who had poor fitness were found to have overall smaller brain volumes 20 years later. Aerobic exercise seems to slow the atrophy rates of aging on the brain. So fellow care partners and caregivers, we need to get serious about our own exercise program to lessen the effects of aging on our body and our brain. We need to keep up a fitness program not just to do a better job of caregiving for our loved one, but for our own health and to prevent cognitive decline. So we have talked about preparing for a fitness program. We've talked about some important reasons that you as the care partner or caregiver need to pursue an exercise program for yourself. And now let's turn to the third area, which is leading and assisting your loved one with Parkinson's disease to exercise. We know that there are no medications currently on the market that have been shown to slow the progression of Parkinson's disease. We also don't have a definitive long-term randomized controlled trial that shows that exercise stops the progression of Parkinson's disease. However, there is a substantial literature on aerobic exercise and the benefits for Parkinson's disease that strongly suggests that exercise likely slows the progression of Parkinson's disease. So how do we know this? Well, first, we know that there are brain factors that we call neurotrophic factors. These are molecules that support the growth and survival of brain cells called neurons. These neurotrophic factors help the neurons survive. They promote neuroplasticity, which is the process in which the brain forms new connections. And they help modulate the process of forming long-term memories. So we look at neurotrophic factors such as uh, BDNF and GDNF. And they likely do slow the progression of the neurodegenerative disorders such as Parkinson's disease. There are studies that show that exercise increases the brain levels of these neurotrophic factors like BDNF. We can see the increase in these neurotrophic factors as quickly as just one month of pursuing treadmill exercise in a cohort of Parkinson's disease patients compared to a sedentary control group. By the way, one important study showed that levels of BDNF 
in people with Parkinson's disease correlated with a significantly lower score on cognitive testing. Secondly, we see cross-sectional studies in Parkinson's disease that looked at thousands of Parkinson's patients consistently showing less decline physically and cognitively when exercise is performed regularly. And third, as discussed earlier, we have lots of evidence that brain volume and the integrity of different brain structures show less decline over time with exercise in neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. We see less atrophy of gray and white matter. We see less leukoariosis. And we see bigger hippocampus and basal ganglia regions. A more recent study showed the process of neurogenesis even occurring in a part of the brain called the cerebellum, which is important for balance. So the most feared long-term complication of Parkinson's disease is cognitive decline and dementia. The risk is significantly reduced with regular exercise. So as a care partner, you need to be their cheerleader. Encourage them to start an exercise program early and stay consistent. I have a patient named Jim who I've been seeing for many, many years. And every time he would come in for a visit, I would talk about the importance of exercise. I would encourage him to start an exercise program. And both he and his wife would agree adamantly that they were going to start this program. And every time he would come back, he would admit that, no, I didn't get a chance to start um, any exercise since our last visit. His wife would always shrug her shoulders and say, well, I'm sorry, I couldn't get him motivated to start uh, an exercise program. And so one day, Jim's son came to the appointment with them. And I was explaining to Jim's son the importance of exercise for Parkinson's disease. And Jim's son turned to his dad and said, Dad, from now on, I'm coming to pick you up five days a week. I'm going to take you to the gym and we are going to exercise together. And to this day, Jim and his son continue to exercise five days a week. And this has been not only important in slowing the Parkinson's disease progression for Jim, but this has been a wonderful opportunity for Jim to spend time with his son. The bonding that the two of them have experienced is priceless. They've enjoyed this time together, and Jim never misses an exercise day. He's always there, ready to go when his son picks him up. His son has provided him the motivation and the avenue to get to the exercise program. So as a caregiver, we need to find a way to get our loved one to an exercise class or to some other aerobic exercise resource. We need to lead them there. We need to drive them there. We need to force them to go even when they lack the motivation, even when they are feeling the effects of the apathy of Parkinson's disease. 
they will always be thankful after they go, even if they're kicking and screaming and not wanting to go at the beginning. They always see the benefits, and they're always very appreciative that they were motivated to go after all. And I think if you find a way that you can exercise with them, then you will be able to hold each other accountable and motivate each other each week that goes by. Over the last two decades of seeing patients in the clinic, I can tell you that it's very easy for my staff and I to see the advantages that exercise provide for Parkinson's disease patients, not just physically, but also mentally. We see the slowing of progression, and we can definitely see a difference between our patients that routinely perform physical exercise and those patients that are not exercising at all. This is one of the most important treatments that we can offer our loved ones with Parkinson's disease, and it really should be non-negotiable. I hope that you are taking away from the Kloss Clinic today the importance of exercise for your health as the care partner or caregiver and for the health of your loved one with Parkinson's disease. You must get a medical clearance, properly prepare yourself and your loved one for the fitness program, don't forget to stretch, and pay special attention to the equipment and the gear that you need to be successful in your exercise program. Schedule exercise each week and keep it just as important as anything else on your schedule for the week. Exercise will lower your risk of the brain effects of aging and it will slow the progression of cognitive decline and your risk of dementia and Parkinson's disease. It will also likely slow the progression of Parkinson's disease for your loved one. So remember, you are a better Parkinson's disease caregiver than you think. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Head over to pdcaring.com for more resources. Please share this podcast with other fellow care partners and caregivers. Subscribe so you won't miss any shows. 